0: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America, NA, member FDSE. Welcome to Tribe of Two, the officially unofficial podcast for the Mandalorian on Disney Plus streaming. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron, and today we're talking about season two, episode six, titled "Chapter Fourteen: The Tragedy." Uh, Aaron, what would you think of this episode? Uh,
1: the tragedy, the 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 death of the poor Razor Crest. I mean. It's kind of been the ongoing joke of this season, but uh I, I don't think there's any rebuilding no, it now. No,
0: Humpty is dumptied for sure. Like that, that I mean it's it's shrapnel. It is shrapnel at this point. And it's, I Yeah.
1: Ugh. There's the stick shift left, uh, you know, uh Baby Yoda's a teething ring, mm-hmm. and there's the Besker Spear and and that's 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 it. That's it. Yeah. Um I mean, obviously, the the true tragedy is uh, uh, Baby Yoda himself, Grogu, getting stolen by the the evil Moth Gideon. And really, and a, I thought it was the, at...
0: the retconning of Boba Fett again. Uh ah, it's, it's not that. Uh, there's half a million fanboys
1: screaming out, <laughs> but ma- but but Boba's not a Mandalorian, and they were all silenced, all silenced by DeFavro. Um and the Fellini I yeah I mean that's the thing like I've been having you know I've been watching the spirited discourse about um the Mandalorian and and all uh, the the WPMs the wikipedias per minute is writing and I just like I guess that's where it just is hard to get too bent out of shape about Star Wars canon is because I've lived through like three purges I've lived through three or four different um origin stories for boba fett and ever more creative ways to like you know retcon it and like keep the retconning consistent and you know uh but this this feels really cool and you know Django or boba fett showing up and just absolutely wrecking shop with and without his armor um shot in loving action pornography by robert rodriguez uh, it was a really cool moment seeing slave one ripping out of the atmosphere is a really cool moment seeing the mandalorian teaming up with boba fett is like an amazing like this th- they're setting up an uh an all-star ass racking shop team uh for these final two episodes and it's 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 really fun uh what did what did you think of
0: the episode yeah I'm with you I, I don't have a lot of like the the jetpack and boba Fett problems that a lot of people do like yeah i i think it kind of sucks if you're a if you're an older fan of star wars like i am that they would just sort of dismiss you and say well you know either get with the new shit or get out uh it's, it's a weird like sort of retcon gatekeeping sort of thing but like right i, I don't really care um like okay so boba fett didn't think about his jetpack well he had a he had Grogu to think about you know he's 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 not thinking. That's the point. That's what The whatever.
1: Mandalorian forgot about his jetpack. Boba Fett or never forgets so, about his sorry. jetpack. Sorry. Yeah,
0: I, I forgot who <laughs> who uh, is the real Mandalorian here. Um, uh huh. Yeah, I think and, and the real think,
1: Mandalorian like, is the friends we make along the way, Jim. <laughs> it's true.
0: It's true. The, it's the real the mascot, Mandalorian is in to... my heart. Yes. Uh. Yeah, but I, I think it's fun. You know, it's this show has turned into, uh, you know, go to planet, have action scene get one piece of the clue, continue forward, Uh repeat, yeah. you know, rinse, repeat. Um, And that's fine. That's fine. That's what it is. And just back, I guess, and enjoy uh, that. Enjoy the show for that. And I'm having fun with it.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's like I said, it's um, I uh, my my 14 year old has not seen it yet because uh, I was gone all weekend. He's been at his mom's. But when he comes back, I'm sure he's going to think this is the coolest fucking thing he's ever seen. And he's not wrong. Oh, yeah.
0: And I mean, people have been waiting to... decades for Boba Fett action, right? We, we've we never right. really seen the badass that Boba Fett is. And I, I think they did it pretty well. I, I didn't have any problems with the fight scenes.
1: Yeah, I mean that's the thing. Like Boba Fett's always cast this extraordinarily long shadow in the canon. Mm -hmm. Like you know, he's the most feared bounty hunter in the galaxy. But all we've seen him from in the canon is he's gotten scolded by Vader. He almost shot someone until Vader made him stop. He almost captured Han Solo again until the blind fucking Han Solo launched him into the Sarlacc pit, and then he got belched. Um, but he's always been like this. Like I remember in Star, the Star Wars miniatures game I used to play. Like if you had like you know Boba Fett was like. 47 points of a 150 point army, and he would just destroy your half of the board if you fucking let him. He had twin attacks and double attacks. He had crazy, like, you just couldn't touch him. Video games, he's always this fucking legend. In a lot of expanded universe, he was always this, like, supreme thing. And we've never seen it in any kind of canon source until, hmm. uh, uh, you know, like live action. I'll specify that live action yeah, yeah. until just now, and it was extraordinarily satisfying. And as an older, as an older uh, man with an expanding gut myself, also <laughs> <laughs> seeing seeing uh, Fet the Moss land, you know, <sighs> with the heavy footsteps and just start just start ripping these stormtroopers. Lim from Lim was uh it was a really it was really fun it was a lot of fun I liked seeing him as kind of like this weird dark Jedi monk uh-huh. uh w- w- wielding the gaffy sticks and, and like a, like a sledgehammer I liked seeing him like use I mean even the crazy shit like uh, knee rockets which I think were only a thing on like the the visual dictionaries or the incredible cross sections <laughs> like
0: you I didn't know even know about those I was like oh okay knee rockets sure why not why not yeah you can have he's, wrist he's, rockets he's, you can have knee rockets.
1: Absolutely. It's it's a it's a wasted piece of armor. It's just going to mm-hmm. protect your knee. How often is that? Let's put some rockets in there. That's what we need to do. Um, it's it's just, it's just really cool. But on the other hand, it's it showcases all of the weaknesses of the Mandalorians like they just established three episodes ago that the Mandalorian can remote control his jetpack. Hmm. Yet, this episode features Mando running up and down a hill when time is of an essence, when the child is being ripped from him by dudes with jetpacks, or I guess robots with jetpacks, and he's got to send Jen- or, uh, Boba up there with Slave One. Um, it's it just like that's the kind of thing where, like, obviously, the plot requires him to put down his jetpack and forget about it the rest of the episode. But.
0: But what and if you know, he well, didn't? My fourteen-year-old's never going to notice that. What but, if but he I did. didn't? And what if Mando, the, the Mando, actually showed any kind of weakness whatsoever, and he flew up to fight those uh, Dark Troopers and lost? I thought that's like, where they were going to go with it. That he was—that's an amazing action scene, right? Like you yeah, go flying like, like, through the air fighting Dark Troopers while they're they're escaping with Grogu. Like, and you're not good enough. You're not
1: good enough yet. You don't have right? all the tools and skills and it's, maybe personal growth. Yeah, yeah, seeing the Mandalorian get spanked and like go, but you know, a tail between his legs and have to regroup with Boba Fett and and Finnick and and uh, Bill Burr get and get the squad together like the and, and make it'll make it that much more tasty when he finally gets his vengeance and they finally get Grogu back and, you know, Moff Gideon gets served out finally. Uh I I don't know. I, do, I don't know why they didn't consider that or if maybe they did. They just run out of, you know, um, huh. it's a 30 minute episode. Uh, I wonder how uh, often the runtime comes down to like, well, our action shot sucked up this much money um, and we don't have time to do the thing. So, you know what? He's just going to forget his backpack.
0: I guess the uh, one thing you couldn't do is cut any of like the Boba Fett action scene. Like that would be the it, most disappointing if we see Boba Fett on screen and there's right. an attack and we don't get to see Boba Fett fighting.
1: I know in the double lefts, if there's like a, if there's 40 minutes of material on the table and they're making cuts, they're not going to cut any of of uh, Robbie's action scenes
0: for with Boba Fett because that's what
1: they want to see as
0: bad yeah, as, yeah, as any you of can't. us do, uh, yeah. and they're, you're not going to cut any Baby Yoda stuff, right? Because Baby Yoda's too cute, uh, right? Got to leave him on screen. Uh, okay, um, sounds like we should get into the recap. Probably. All right, we start off with uh Mando and Grogu approaching Tython. Um they're doing the Jedi catch thing again. Uh, I guess Mando's just trying to like sort of try and help teach him, except, you know, he's not very good at it because he's not a Jedi. Um and Yeah, I I didn't understand
1: this scene. Like it's fun for like, you know, the his obvious pleasure at using the child's name and the child responding to it, and him like chuckling under his helmet. And then um, the, I guess the thing I don't understand is when he had Baby Yoda grab the stick shift and then he says, Dank ferrick, which I've always taken as like a, a um, an exclamation of displeasure, like yeah, bloody hell or son of a bitch or f- fucking hell. You know what? But like he used it and it scared Baby Yoda. Then he's like, oh, no. I, but I wasn't sure if he actually meant like... <sighs> Yeah. What was he doing? Is he's like hoping that he wouldn't be able to do it this time, that the skills would fade? Or is he hoping that things would work better? Like what, what was the dang Or is this kind of like a more of a hot damn kind of thing where you can use it? Or fuck, you know, like fuck is like a lot more like dank, maybe dank Farrick is more like a fuck that you can use it in uh, multifaceted ways. I, I don't know. Um
0: yeah, it's a good question. I, I wasn't sure about the Dank Farrick stuff. I mean, the, the whole thrust of this is to emotionally connect us between, you know, Mando and uh, Grogu.
1: So, And it does feel like they are setting up that nicely that, like, he yeah. is kind of in denial. Like, he's acting like, hey, if I just find a Jedi to give you up to, it's going to be easy peasy, kid. But, like, he's denying how much the child is attached to him. He's denying how much he's attached to the child. Yeah. You know, he's making up all these excuses. Like, I can't train you to power. Like... It's weird because I would say they're setting up for a situation where the Mandalorian does train Grogu. He's like a foundling bounty hunter. I saw a suggestion. Someone oh, okay. suggested that you're going to find out that the Mandalorian actually refers to the child when all things are dead, done and said. But I'm like, I, I mean, that's almost too cool of an idea for Star Wars. The countenance, a master Yoda level Jedi that's going to be trained uh, to, to, to be a bounty hunter.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm picturing the suit that they that the Mandalorians no doubt already have made the the Baby Yoda the Grogu uh, miniature Mandalorian suit because you know if the sure. Empire has manda has Baby Yoda handcuffs why the fuck not why
1: not of course those wee little wee little handcuffs but I I don't know because like usually when Star Wars is counting it's like a gray Jedi you know like a mercenary like Kyle Katarn he's never been like chosen one levels of power right yeah, yeah. he's always been kind of like a fringe jedi that can do you know he, he, he has his skills here and i guess in a video game you can power him up to be palpatine or luke Skywalker or whatever but like it would it would be a whole thing that like okay well you're going to have the highest middle midichlor- midichlorian count and you're also going to run around in Beskar armor i mean holy shit it's super yeah. cool but it's almost like universe breaking like why doesn't he just become king of the galaxy you know uh, well that might be a temptation
0: <laughs> you know it's
1: true King of the Mandalores, at least, right? He's going to have Baby Baby Yoda wielding a dark saber by the end of this thing. Why not? The Mandalorian is what he'll be.
0: Uh, this does feel, this whole scene feels like a a prelude to a breakup. Like he's trying to soften the blow that he knows is coming from when he's got a breakup with Baby Yoda. <laughs>
1: Yeah, uh, it's like when you're trying to talk him into someone and, and an idea that's it's a bad idea. And it's your idea.
0: Like, don't you want to do this? I thought you wanted to do this. And yeah, yeah. Like, they oh, you know, you're, you're, you're going to have to go with the Jedi when they show up. Uh, you know, we'll find them. You're you're special. You know, you gotta you gotta do it. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to let Grogu down easy. Um, Was the whole vibe I got. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next scene is they're landing near the Seeing Stones, uh, and the whole kind of landscape there is rocky and mountainous so they kind of have to land a little far away and then they jet up to the top of the mountain. Mando places Grogu on the rock and looks around and then there's this moment where like butterflies are sort of congregating around Grogu uh and then we see Slave One fly in overhead and Mando turns around uh you know he's he's been kind of looking around to see if there's any way to activate the thing. He turns around and and Grogu's communing with some kind of spirit energy force field thing that Mando can't pass through and so he decides to buy Grogu some time by taking on Boba Fett
1: yeah I love it that he's like uh, you know it seems like he's more interested in the, the butterflies and the insect life and then Mando turns around sees a threat and suddenly he's become one of the force and a lotus pose yeah you know there's like impenetrable field of energy around them all these glowing Jedi runes it's 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 pretty it's a
0: typical Mandalorian you know yeah um, until i saw baby uh, baby grogu uh in this this like you said uh lotus pose thing i couldn't really picture him doing that but it worked pretty well like you get the sense of like oh okay he's trained he's been trained before he's like actually he's really good at him. this yeah. uh yeah um it was cool and at i'm the glad they count through the roof it, oh yeah oh it's spiked off the chart uh, I'm glad they had a reason why just using his ship wouldn't work this time because it didn't look like he could land anywhere over there so that was cool right? as opposed to season one where they were just like you need to ride this animal out there to this place uh, why is that because it's the only way to pass this is the way do it it's, motherfucker it's a good location
1: spot because I was even looking like how the hell are you going to land on and then like "Oh, sure enough you can and you got the jet pack now so you don't have to like ride a band up there or whatnot but uh right yeah Go down with the with the windows down, Mm -hmm. which I would. That's the other thing. It's like, what the fuck is he talking about? And then they smash cut to him flying with the armor, and I'm like, oh. I also like how the Mandalorian. They depict the Mandalorian. At least that's how I see it, as he's not completely in control of the jetpack. Like he's doing a lot of kind of like uh, the way I would look like if I'm trying to balance on a ball or something. You know, a lot of like kind of semi-frantic hand moments or hand movements and balancing. I mean, he's clearly proficient, but. He's maybe not uh, Boba Fett level proficient yet.
0: Oh, yeah. It'll take some time. So then uh, we get to see Boba Fett uh, in his Jedi robes. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously not Jedi, but robes. Uh, He tells Mando that he wants his armor back. And, uh, of course, that's the armor that Mando took from Cobb Vanth uh, a couple episodes ago. And uh, because Boba never... uh, took the Mandalorian oath uh, Mando won't hand it over. And we find out that Finnick is also there with a sniper rifle train on go Grogu. And there's a tense moment of standoff here until everyone agrees to put their weapons away and they talk. And uh, we, we find out that Boba saved Finnick on Tatooine somehow off screen, turned her into more machine than a woman. Now uh, <laughs> at least I- her belly parts. <laughs> Yeah, and then we we see another ship fly over, and stormtroopers flood out. Can replace your bowels with hydraulics. That's all I. Yeah, I. Yeah. So Star Wars,
1: Star Wars is going to be added to the 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 wide shelf of shows where I will no longer consider a character dead unless I actually see them expire. Yeah, and like a doctor, a medical droid, a two-one B medical droid comes flying in and says, "They're dead." They're beyond the technology of, of, of Bacta. Yeah, we this, run them this, through, through the Bacta dead. tank.
0: Nothing, no response.
1: They're yeah, gone. They're, they're too sad to live like Padme. They're just going to die of broken heart. <laughs> like, I, I need something like that. I need a medical droid's opinion before because, like, yeah, she was dead. She was less, left for dead. That was the whole point of the episode, and now she's back. So, yeah. And, of course, this is coming from uh, a character who I watched as a child die in a sarlock pit. So... Um, it. I I wanted like when I saw this episode's runtime of 30 minutes and then Boba Fett shows up I immediately like god damn this is the one that should be 59 minutes because I want to catch up with Boba Fett like how the fuck did you get out of there why have you been spending so much time on Tatooine why did you never leave especially when some mook like Cobb Vance or whatever his name is has got your armor this whole time like but in the universe, it would make no sense to have that conversation because Mando doesn't know or care about the history of Boba Fett. And he's yeah. just some dude to him. And like Finnick, probably they've talked over campfires and her healing over her, you know, hydraulic gut wounds. Uh, So it's just not the time. But like, do you think we'll ever get some satisfying? Like, how the hell did you get out of the Sarlot kind of? Or I could also see yeah. Favreau doing the kind of thing where it's like they cut to a scene of like Mando and Finnick and And Boba, like, talking, and that's how I got out of Sarlacc pit. And and Mando's like, sounds like a tough jam, and they just move on, like... I
0: don't know. I I feel like um, there's room for it, right? Like, Mando and Boba are on this quest together now until they find uh, Grogu. And there could be some downtime. Uh, You know, Mando, in this standoff, doesn't have the... I don't know, the reason to really ask... um, more sure. about, like, oh, you were following me? Because I could see a, a path through where it's like, okay, well, Boba Fett was following Mando. Mando led him to his armor. He actually, how would he know where his armor is, right? Um, But by following Mando through his uh quest, Boba Fett found the armor, and then now he's following Mando anyway. I don't know why he's following Mando in the first place. Maybe he thinks he, you know, he's like... uh Amanda was earlier, where he thinks you know, just following this thread of like, well, Mandalorian armor. Maybe I follow this guy. It's the only lead I got. Mm. It's a bad one, but I'll try it.
1: That's true. the The, the Mandalorians seem to like they make the most of the very thin leads. Oh yeah, but it, it is it is a really interesting question. Like, how did Boba Fett get out of Sarlock pit? Yeah, how did he lose his armor? Like, like you're strong enough to escape the belly of a Sarlacc, or did you like take your armor off inside and climb out of its gullet, and then it shit out the armor later? And the Jawas are like, Ooh, teeny, and they found it. Like, uh-huh. uh, it is it is it's it's a fact, and, and maybe they'd be better off not answering those questions because again, it's like you know, like, uh, what's the timeline here? Why would he want to take it off a of Mandalorian rather than I don't know a Jawa colony or this this like relatively weak human marshal? Or, so so maybe they are better off staying away from that, and letting other people fill it in. Cause the other thing is like, you know, we've been talking about spinoff characters, a Boba Fett, like trilogy of movies or like a limited miniseries, kind of like the Punisher to the daredevil on the MCU side that would do massive numbers. And,
0: uh, uh, I, I just, I don't know. Uh, I think there's been talk of that. I, I think it's, it's rumored that they're going to do some kind of Boba Fett mini series. Maybe. Uh, but I don't know. We'll see. And Tamir Mor-
1: Morrison can still fill out the the armor. I mean, he really fills it out. But he's he yeah. brings this kind of uh, Jake demus energy to the role. It's a real uh, ferocity, and uh, yeah, it's 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 something else. He, in and out of armor, he he looks
0: the business. I like the offense he takes uh, to the you know taking the Mandalorian oath. I give my allegiance to no one, and then moments later, he's signed a, a pact here to safely uh to, to guarantee grogu's safety i know it's a trade right. but it's also allegiance in a sort of weird way Plus, uh,
1: yeah he see he's, he's, he's uh, but he he got that into himself it's not someone someone no one made him do that and he's also like you know he's quoting his dad i'm just a simple man trying to make my way through the galaxy um yeah it's uh, cool it's 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 all pretty cool but also i don't know why you couldn't say hey check the armor blockchain or block code Mm-hmm. You know, you'll see you, you can this can all this fight can all be. But I guess the Imperials kind of forced this this this, this, this episodes paced like relentlessly. It's like one goddamn thing happens. Another you land, you jetpack, the force activates Boba Fett's here. You get in a fight with them. You give up your jetpack. Bam. Here comes the the stormtroopers. It's uh, there's there's never any moment that kind of like, hey, let's 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 talk this over like
0: uh, Boba suggests. Yeah, it's a it's a series of ships flying overhead and people going, oh, shit. Mm -hmm. uh so i I gotta know more about phoenix situation like how this all happened the guts being totally replaced with robotics like i said more machine than woman now it's like i did did he replace her entire bowels with this machinery did did he like how far up does this machinery go is she oh yeah it's 30, 33 feet of Durastel tubing now. It's, it's- <laughs> did he take her to the Jawas and they did this? Like, I I don't know I don't what's know. going on here, but they it, don't. It is. Yeah, it is funny
1: because when they showed her, when they she opened her belly, I think there'd be like tubes and stuff. But it's like essentially a scaled up version of what was in Luke Skywalker's palms. Just like these little weird yeah. hydraulic pulley systems and stuff. I'm like, well, I mean, I guess that makes sense. That's her abdominal mu- muscles. You'd have to replace abdominal the mm. abdominal muscles of this woman you'd have to replace uh that but like yeah i was hoping for some tubing i was hoping for some uh, techno looking uh, uh snow lizard guts or something yeah. that's what i'm trying to there's think just, of
0: there's a lot of complicated uh gut works you got to replace and, and i don't know if luke's yeah. hand is gonna is gonna make that happen luke's hand uh-huh. doesn't have it to does. digest food and provide nutrients for the body
1: yeah, and, like, what else is... Yeah, like, how far does it go up? Did they place? You know, I think Star Wars can replace just about anything. Like, look at Darth Vader, but... uh Yeah.
0: But can can Boba Fett on a backwoods desert planet in the so Outer Rim... There's so much sand in there. <laughs> yeah, they got so much oh, sand. No. So much yeah.
1: sand in the wound.
0: It's going to take forever it, to get it, all that out. I mean, obviously. gets everywhere. Uh, all right, everywhere. M- Mando runs back to Grogu to find him still meditating. He still can't penetrate this force barrier even though he's going to try not once, not twice, but at least three times this episode. Uh and so Boba and Finnick are fighting off stormtroopers, trying to keep them uh, at bay. This is a long this is a long action scene here. Anything you want to talk about? Uh yeah, I mean the stormtrooper still just refuse to take cover. There is
1: natural cover all around this, and they're still running right up the 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 gauntlet, like, riding into the kill zone. Some of them have the temerity to, like, complain about their lot, like, oh, there's too much fire. Flank them, you idiots. Yeah, try to flank. Try to use some cover. Try to use some suppressive fire while you're other, but, like, there's... Wouldn't <laughs> it be cool to see stormtroopers be... I mean, I, did, I I feel like that this is not to show. The double Fs, uh, Fellini and Favreau, are not going to do this. They think it's funny that the stormtroopers are this comically inept, but it would sure. be, it would be nice to see some rank and file stormtroopers that have a couple brain cells and to make the heroes actually have to work, you know, but, but the heroes are no better. Like, uh, uh, the Mandalorian's idea of getting into firefights, landing in the middle of stuff and letting his Basker tank shots while yeah. he just, you know, flinches a few, every, every third hit and guns people down in the open. So it,
0: I mean, he's got that very, luxury. it's,
1: it's very G.I. Joe fighting style, um, even down to the like you can't you, you you can't even do really horrific things to people unless it's like a robot or they're, you know, like you can you can pulp a human being's head as long as it's shrink wrapped in plasteel armor, because like some of those gaffy stick hits of Boba just tomato can these guys heads yeah uh but i guess their inner body glove just soaks all that stuff up because not even a trickle of like tomato juice ever runs out of their helmets or down their seams even though they're just being pulverized by this i guess vibro stick because it made that it it didn't make the the weird pseudo motion but every time it hit it made this like thunderclap which i thought
0: was really cool Um, oh i didn't even notice that um i thought that was just a stylistic thing um, that it they were could doing be with the, the sound effects because, music. like, Boba Fett's that big of a badass
1: that, like, you know, and he even sold it. Like, he's a big man, you know, putting some some mass behind these swings. So even without any kind of technological sophistication, uh, I think these stormtroopers are going to have a bad time. But he's just just opening them up like so many crab shells, getting their meat out.
0: Yeah, uh, and they're they're <laughs> really going for broke with the soundtrack here. And I, I don't know if it totally works for me. It's a little bit like too electronic a little too like not hmm. not John Williamsy enough um, not Star hmm. Warsy feeling enough for me but like the Mandalorian does holy have shit, a it's a lot very,
1: it has a very un feel like even the main yeah. theme has got very weird kind of tribal woodwinds kind of stuff going on with yeah, it Western, um uh, yeah motifs, yeah for yeah. sure uh i did i stormtroopers having artillery was kind of cool. They uh-huh. apparently they have a whole branch of stormtroopers in yellow armor that do a uh, boom tube stuff for the empire. I thought that was pretty cool. Those, um, those guys know better of a shot though. They, they yeah, <laughs> it took them a while to bracket fire. They don't have any kind of helmet, you know, heads up uh, range finder and stuff like that. That's, that's exclusive. That's, that's licensed and patented by Boba Fett. Nobody else in the empire can have it. Um, what did you think about Finnick, uh, Indiana Jonesing the entire squad of stormtroopers with the boulder? Got,
0: oh, she got the boulder. Su- yeah. Uh, yeah. I, the, all of this action stuff is meant to be just taken as, oh, it's cool. Like, none of it makes sense. N- absolutely none of it. Uh, her running across the ridge line of a hill while she's being shot with a repeating blaster is like. Right. the most insane thing to do when she could simply duck behind the thing. Duck behind Them the ridge, setting yeah. up a repeating blaster anyway on in this terrain. Open, yeah. Well, on this uh-huh. terrain. Like, it's so hilly. You're going to line up a shot and three yeah. seconds later, it's going to be gone. You're going to have to dismantle it. It takes 45 seconds. Move it over to the next place. Set it up. It, it's yeah. an ineffective weapon in this terrain. And whatever. Like, that's not what the scene is about, right? The scene is about looking cool, showing us some awesome stuff happening and us just sitting back and enjoying it and I thought it was fine in that regard
1: yeah one of these days I think they'll fi- figure out I don't know maybe this isn't a show but it's actually really cool to have smaller scale battles that are really smart and tactical as yeah. it is to have like three people mow down 50 mooks you know yeah
0: I kind of like the one um, that they had back on I think it was on Navarro when Moff Gideon first shows up you know and the, the flamethrower stuff and they're like pinned down oh, yeah, I th- yeah, I thought yeah. all that stuff was really good and then they've uh-huh. gone on and done stuff like this where it's like, ah, I'll just have to turn my brain off and enjoy it.
1: Yeah. And that's, that's fine. That's uh, you know, I've seen Machete and I've seen uh, El Mariachi and, and all that other stuff. The, the Rod Rodriguez's touch. He's, he's very good with action. Oh, and yeah. I was happy to see it. Um, and I actually like Phoenix design. Like her armor is really cool. It reminds me of like um, mid-level destiny warlock armor, but it looks, it looks very, looks, looks very cool. And her, like, you know, they, they they sell the story of it becoming an increasingly desperate fight. Like, you know, um, she's she's down, like maybe running out of bullets, and she's throwing helmets, and and just when things look uh look look look, look tough, uh Mandalor- the Mandalorian gets there and starts, you know, saving things with uh uh his wrist rockets and tanking shots with his armor, and then Boba the Hulk lands. Yeah. And, and- kicks it's, their asses. it's a moment it drives yeah, it drives them out <laughs> like and in fact he's the, he he doesn't looks he looks amazing doing everything even with this like armor who it's clearly seen better days just strapped over his his dark jedi robes and whatnot it's it's not uh. a complete set at, at this point um but i will say now that i've seen it happen three times I don't think the Boba Fett should have to bend over to shoot his rocket. That just looks fundamentally silly, and I can't believe we've had three directors now. I guess two directors like okay that and be like, you know what? It's obviously a homing missile. It's the important thing is getting the lock, and then this it should just. I mean, have we never seen a cruise missile launch from a submarine or something? Like you don't you don't have to like help it. You don't have to get it like you know, within 15 degrees of its flight path to launch. And it's always this like little half bow that they do just always looks so, and it looks really silly when thick ass Boba's doing it. I don't know. (laughs) Boba doesn't need to turn his body to shoot his rocket. I'm sorry. He just doesn't. It's a, it's, it's, he needs a, he needs to get a target lock and then launch that sucker and then, and then forget about it, which also cool guys don't look at explosions there. There's Mm -hmm. that, you know, I was actually aiming for the other one, which, on second watch, I I just happened to look for it. It's true. He was he was targeting the other thing. Um, does that mean Boba Fett canonically just misses things? Or
0: yeah, that's a little disappointing. Um, maybe he's rusty. You know, he hasn't used the armor in a while. He just got out of a sarlacc pit. Maybe he's you know. Feeling and Cobb the said
1: the armor is damaged. Obviously, yeah. you know, uh, the, the, the it had sustained some damage. So maybe it's just uh not firing right. Maybe the targeting system uses the rule of cool because I did think it was pretty mm-hmm. fucking cool. that He took out two of
0: those transports with one shot. Yeah, for sure. Uh, uh it, it's yeah, remarkable to me. Like the, the, the way they're using stormtroopers is like, they are whatever they need them to be in the moment because mm-hmm. when they're fighting Finnick, they can't hit a damn thing. They, they literally, they can, she can be standing there in the open. They can take a hundred shots at her. Not a single one lands, when Mando flies in with his Beskar armor, which is impenetrable, they just start landing yeah. shot after shot after shot on him. Kill, shots. 15 Kill shots shot, fifteen shots a second. Yeah. Boom, boom, boom. Yep. You're done, man. Fuck you. And then they're spinning. Like there's there's a scene where they are spinning back to back, right, defending each other. When Mando's mm-hmm. in the front, he's taking shots. When Fennec's in the front, they're missing so wide. It's a, it's a, impossible yeah it's ridiculous man it's so fucking ridiculous <laughs> I don't I don't care like whatever it's funny but
1: yeah it, it, it is it, there's there, it's funny because like ever I guess it's everyone's personal taste because there's some stuff where it's, I'm like yes yes give me more and then they get to like I, I thought that was particularly egregious the fact that he's essentially covering her in some kind of wrote like oh here comes incoming blast let me let me spin around and take those and like okay are you a Jedi or what What the fuck Um, I yeah. do want to call out one other thing Oh boy! Boba Fett's wrist rocket, him using that to like punch a stormtrooper and fire the rocket to like send the this trooper into low Earth orbit, as pretty choice. I, <laughs> oh I, hell uh, yeah, yeah. Like I, I don't. It's a lot of fun watching Boba Fett beat up Imperials. I'm sorry. Um, it's it's a lot of fun. Him justifying his reputation in live action finally as an old man,
0: as an old man too. Yeah. So yeah, these aren't even the glory days. Uh. The other thing, speaking of firing wrist rockets, it's strange to me that Mando earlier in this episode when he first meets Boba Fett and he's trying to intimidate him is like cocking his wrist rockets. He's cocking wrist Mm. rockets. What does that even mean? Like he, you know, he pulls up his wrist, sort of half aims at a Boba and blue light flashes and a thing moves. What possible function could cocking a rocket on your wrist serve? I don't know, it's like
1: uh yeah, it's uh it's a it's, weird it's gotta, feature to it's, have. It's you know, you bend your wrist seventy five degrees down and it just does an intimidation display, full ninety degrees down, and that's what the, that's yeah. the final it's 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 like a trigger. I guess it's it makes sense because it's like, you know, triggers and guns aren't usually binary. There's a there's a finite amount of pressure to finally break some triggers. So maybe but yeah, it's like yeah, you want you want your hidden wrist rockets to be able to intimidate some people every once in a while. I guess. Uh did you why not? Speaking of the the actor that plays uh Finnick, uh Ming Na Win, she's fifty seven years old. No. Tamura Morrison's only a year older than her, and he looks like he's been digested in a sarlacc pit. <laughs> Jesus. I I I cannot believe how well preserved this uh this bounty hunter is. I'm gonna have wow. to get all my guts replaced by plastiel tubing because <laughs> yeah. holy moly. What what an accomplishment! What an accomplishment!
0: When fifty seven uh, years wanna, old, just, I just want to point
1: that out that that, that yeah, her Hell her no. and Be- Boba are
0: only like a year eighteen months apart in birthday terms, but that's crazy. Good lord! Uh, so Moff Gideon shows up and fires from above, blasting the Razor Crest into shrapnel, and he engages the Dark Troopers as Boba scrambles back up to his ship, uh, or back to a ship, and Mando and Finnick go after Grogu. Four Dark Dark Troopers land and fly off with Grogu. Uh, Bo- Boba is able to follow them in Slave 1 and seize Gideon's ship so they at least know who's got Grogu as if they hadn't any question about that
1: yeah the Razor Crest getting, blow- razor crest getting blown up is actually kind of a moment because
0: I wish it were a bigger moment like I, w- I wish it, was, yeah. it had some build up I wish it wasn't just completely out of the blue it's I don't know I like the Razor Crest as a ship. I wish there was more fanfare around it before it blew up. That's my question. Like, is
1: the only way I see because I thought the Razor Crest was a cool looking ship and the fact it was like a pre-imperial, like kind of rare that it's, you know, it's got these like, you know, nice things for mercenaries and bounty hunter features. Like, is he going to get another Razor Crest or are they setting this up that he inherits Slave One?
0: I mean, and, and how probably, does he inherit
1: slave one? There's no way he inherits slave one unless Boba Fett's dead. Yeah. I don't see Boba Fett just like, you know what? Uh, I, I came to reclaim my armor. Uh uh why don't you take my dad's ship now? Uh-huh. Like, how how do they how do they write themselves out of
0: him? Because he needs a cool ship, he does. He does. He, he absolutely needs a ship. Um and slave one is the the only place I can really see him getting one unless he can go to like Kara and or or whatever, and say a lot of
1: kids have Razor it? Crest Lego sets under Christmas trees right now. It's true, and I didn't even think what's about that. it to be like open it out, and then it's like, Oh, well, the Razor Crest is blown up, Jimmy. Yeah, uh, let's tune in next season to see what your new kit's going to be. Like, I it's uh, I feel bad, I feel bad. Although, I, I don't know if kids really care about that stuff, maybe it's more like, Oh, I can't wait to get the new thing,
0: but uh. Yeah, yeah. I I just I do wish it was a bigger moment. But I mean as far as yeah, ship goes, like you gotta kill Boba Fett if you want the slave one to go to anyone else. I would think And if you're gonna kill Boba Fett, you have to make it on his own terms. He has to sacrifice himself knowing that he's gonna die. And Mm -hmm. you know, look, Favreau's great at this, right? Like the heroic sacrifice is he is no stranger to that. Yeah. So he can do that scene and he can do it well and he can make uh-huh. he, he can in that moment make Boba Fett a bigger hero than he already is or, or a bigger badass than he already is because I don't know that he's a hero. Um, and it's the only way they can do it. What do you think about the uh, the the first appearance of the
1: dark troopers? We, we speculated about those a few episodes back and talked about their history and the dark forces games. Uh, Unimpressive. Unimpress Well, I feel like they look like the Mark ones. They're just kind of like com, you know, like upscaled combat droids. They're not like the real yeah. hulking ones. They certainly aren't the ones. I mean, these are recognizably droids. I thought they're not. Yeah, they're not people in suits, and that's clearly where this project is going, both in the old legends and and then the the new Star Wars canon. It seems like.
0: Oh, we don't get to see them uh, do anything, right? Like this could have been yeah, anything this... with a jetpack. This this could have been. <laughs> I don't know a stormtrooper. I just have been, regular it could have been ass stormtrooper.
1: Gonk power generator droid.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> with a jetpack on it. Yeah. yeah, they they did nothing. The you you wouldn't even need a droid to do this. You could just you know send down. Some I wonder kind of if they did have, I wonder
1: if they did have scripted a, a fight with these guys because you're right. Now that you mention it, like sending the squad down to just kidnap an unconscious baby Yoda. Uh, after he's already dropped his shield, like it'd have been kind of badass if they like forced their way through the force shield or something. It's like, oh, well, they're slightly resistant to the force, or, but yeah, just going and picking him up and then taking off and using the, you know, Grogu as a human shield, uh, or I guess a Yoda shield. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, yeah, I, I wonder if they did have something bigger and they just decided like I, there wasn't the budget or time for it because you know it's just got a huge budget and obviously the mouse has got a lot of money, but it's not unlimited. So no, no.
0: I did enjoy the flip and burn that they do. We're always talking about that in uh, in the Expanse, and they definitely do a flip and burn here, decelerating burn.
1: Yeah, it's pretty cool. Really cool. I I I think they look cool. I I'm I'm curious to see like so what is the odds here? Is like is one Dark Trooper bot worth a Mandalorian? Is like four of them worth the Mandalorian? Like what is? Because obviously forty stormtroopers. Can kind of sort of keep Boba Fett, Finnick, and the Mandalorian if he's distracted, busy for five minutes. Like it's not, and, and you know, and if like, he doesn't have his armor, gonna, yeah, and if it, yeah. So I, I wonder what is the conversion rate for you know, is a dark trooper worth ten stormtroopers, a hundred stormtroopers? I'm really curious to see how badass they are. And of course, if if this follows anything like the legend stuff, they'll just keep scaling up until you get the final version. It's going to be a real fucking handful.
0: Yeah. Uh, so, Mando surveys the crater that used to be his ship, and he picks up the uh, gear shift knob, the ball, whatever, uh, as well as his Besker spear. And then Boba proves to Mando that the armor belongs to him by showing him some chain code from the suit. Uh, and Mando agrees to give it back. Boba says the deal they made requires them to help him find Grogu, uh, bring him back to safety. So, I interpret this as being like Boba Fett's
1: a foundling's foundling, like literally. And, like, I don't think that any obligation, verbal obligation, he would go all in on. But, like, the fact that, like, another Mandalorian just had its foundling stolen from him on a quest. Like, and we all also know that, like, Boba Fett's not the exact same branch of a Mandalorian whack job that the Mandalorian's from. Cause yeah. he obviously shows his face and doesn't seem like there's any shameful of, but like, you know, he does follow the code. Like he, he is from the branch that recognizes the obligations that foundlings uh, put on the people that find them. Um, I thought that stuff was really cool. And, and if Boba and, and uh, uh, the Mandalorian uh, Jin. Are going to be palling around. This is going to give them a good opportunity to talk through some of that like Mandalorian cult shit that yeah. I'm really fascinated by. Like you know, uh, yeah, I, I think that the uh, that that would be really cool, really cool conversations and a great. They they got time
0: and opportunity to have them. Speaking of those conversations, uh, let's talk a little bit about Boba Fett. I I don't know much about Boba Fett other than uh, the stuff I read. From the now non-canon legend stuff way back in the day, like Tales of the Bounty Hunter, uh, there's an Easter the egg, team, yeah. I think, in this scene where Boba Fett shows Mando the chain code, and in mm-hmm. it you see all the the Orbesh or whatever it's called the the language of Star Wars, the writing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, people have translated that, and it might. I, I, you know, I haven't gone and translated it myself. I don't know. I'm taking the word of of the the people like I saw on Reddit. In there, uh, it's it's sort of like a you know find the find the word kind of like circle the word kind of puzzle, and you can see Concord is in there, and then Minter Jast J a s t e is in there. Now, what I remember from Tales of the Bounty Hunters, Boba Fett's name, his actual real name, is Jaster Mareel. And so, like, mm-hmm. having this Minter Jast in there is, in my opinion, like a, a an Easter egg to that. And then this Concord in there is an Easter egg of like the retconning they did to him in 2002 with the, uh, star- I, what is it, Boba Fett Year One or, or something like that. I forget what it's called. Um, mm-hmm. the name of the Dark Horse comics that, that kind of explore, uh, Jaster Murreal's, background um and how he mm. connects to Django fett
1: yeah i think that this is an attempt to kind of like you know retcon for all time these things because you know i think the modern lore is essentially jaster mariel is the uh benefactor of Django. he's the the founder of the jango yeah, <laughs> of, the of mentor. Django. yeah. So it's like it's like all this stuff about like, oh, it's Jastrum Real's armor and it's his ship, like all that stuff is kind of true from a certain point of view because they're all in the same lineage and they all have the and and the fact that like, you know, there's people that I just saw last week, people getting heated canon debates on uh R slash the Mandalorian TV about whether in fact Boba Fett was a Mandalorian or not. Um yeah. there is a lot of this kind of um you know, it depends who you ask and depends on when you stopped reading Star Wars novels and whether you've kept up on it and whether you've seen Rebels and Clone Wars and all that kind of st- the Dark Horse comics. But I do think that this is a, an attempt to try to get a definitive like, well, all these were kind of sort of true. Like you got bits and tr- you got bits and pieces of the truth. And I forgot like Boba Fett, who's shrouded in kind of mystery by design anyway. I think that's kind of interesting, but it's also a little bit like nailing jello to a tree because they Mm -hmm. they do this in marvel with with fucking wolverine where like what is his actual backstory how old is he which wars did he fight in and he did he fight it as a canadian or america i i I don't know and there could be a movie where they try to like take all the stories and and streamline it and make it like actually true but i mean shit uh I guess now they're, 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 whatever they're doing is they're committing to it. And, and I think that all those little, what you're calling as Easter eggs is signs to the fans that are like, no, these, this is now the page that everybody needs to be on. This is the new
0: updated Wikipedia article. Everything else has been deprecated. Uh, so they the weren't, times. they weren't doing that in 2002 when they changed Jester Muriel to not be Boba Fett, but to be Django's mentor.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's the other thing is because, uh, I remember reading, because I tried to get to the bottom of, like, this Boba Fett stuff a couple weeks ago. And I remember, like, um, the the anti-Mandalorian sect of uh, fan base, of, Django, or of, of Boba fans. They, they they hung this hat on, like, uh, Dave Fellini talked to George Lucas when he was setting down to do the Clone Wars and, and Rebels. And they had, like, a bunch of ground rules. And I guess one of them was that George said um, uh, adamantly that that jo- Boba Fett is not a, a real Mandalorian and there's like quotes in the like rebels and clone wars uh uh, to that effect too so it's like now it's like i guess the only difference is like disney itself is stamping it and saying this is we're, we're filming it this isn't just hearsay this isn't just a comic book or a animated kid show um this is actually live action star wars which has always been the most canon you can get you know so I, I I don't know. I, I feel like this how do you is... define
0: a Mandalorian? Is it taking that oath? Because you know, if it's if it's taking the Mandalorian oath, then Boba here says well, that he hasn't that's... done that. And I think there's already people
1: trying to see the. Because there's one character, I think his name is Almec, that made a very, like, you know, definitive statement about Boba Fett not being a Mandalorian in these cartoons. And people are already being like, well, he would say that because it was in the context of a Mandalorian Civil War. And he's very clearly trying to. No true Mandalorian? Is is that where we're going? (laughs) Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, no, that's exact Yeah, it's exactly what it is. He's he's essentially, yeah, like g- gatekeeping Mandalorian for political uh, and propaganda purposes, which fine, you yeah. know, but uh I actually think it adds a lot of color to the universe that it's not one way to be a Mandalorian. Like what does that even mean? Like how are Corellians? Yeah, yeah. You can't even describe what a Terran is like yeah. in 2020. Uh, like much less like describe how a Corellian believe uh, behaves or a Mon Calamar. The fact that there's like all these factions and political things from a, uh, a, a, a a faction that has recently fought a civil war over some of these doctoral. I think that's really cool and and makes the universe seem a lot bigger and more realistic than all Mandalorians believe a certain way. And they think of this and da, 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 you know, very, very mm-hmm. like Star Trek does their alien species.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, so then they take Slave 1 to Navarro, where Mando asks Cara Dune, now Marshal of the New Republic, uh, to look up Mayfeld, who is the guy who who he stranded on that prison ship last season, uh, Bill Burr. Billy Burr, yeah. Uh, he's doing time, apparently, for that whole incident. Uh, <laughs> but Mando needs to break him out to locate Moff Gideon. Why? I could not tell you. I can't possibly tell a- you what a, a sharpshooter that has maybe it's his nebulous. It's literally the only guy he knows who has Imperial connections whatsoever in the entire universe. So he's going to go bust him out of a prison.
1: I feel it's like oceans 11, you know, and like uh Danny ocean and Brad Pitt are talking about, it. it's like, Hey, we're going to need a grease monkey. We're going to need a Florence Nightingale. We're going to need Ella Fitzgerald. Get an uh, Imperial a monkey man. And, and yeah. And like, and the, this is like, this is their Ella Fitzgerald, you know, like you need to got to have an ex Imperial sharpshooter. Cause we're yeah. going to have to send a, turbo laser bolt down a tumbler lock and it's the only thing yeah it's like okay the you know mando's good at what he does he knows what he needs this is a guy who can do it it is weird that you can't find after this galactic civil war you can't find you can't like throw a stick and hit an ex-imperial sniper with flexible morals you got to find the guy who's locked up on some kind of hell world no doubt under maximum security yeah you're telling me
0: grief can't find a single imperial like ex-imperial person who might point you in the right direction it's plus they also
1: describe finnick as a sharpshooter like is this guy sharper shooter yeah yeah for sure i mean she can hit the mandalorian from a mile away anytime she wants you need something i maybe need two sharpshooters we'll have to see we'll have to see
0: yeah uh so then gideon goes to see the imprisoned grogu who's using the force to manhandle the guards in his cell uh and gideon has grogu stunned and restrained, and then he tells uh, his underling to let Dr. Pershing know they have their donor. Boy. I, I haven't looked for the memes, but my God, there have to be memes everywhere for these cuffs. Yeah. It's it's more of
1: like, uh, you know, uh, Moff Gideon say, fetch me the teeniest, weeniest little cuffy wuffies. You know, it's like, well, how uh-huh. would you describe these things in, in the Imperial Armory? Like, order uh uh manacles extra small like three
0: fingered i i, I believe is... the empire makes a routine, makes it routine to handcuff babies i believe sure it. i would believe of it. course shackle them sons of bitches mm. before they
1: can even crawl t- t- treat treat them that it's it's you can't r- crawl away from the empire there's no no young too young <laughs> an age to have that discussion with a baby mm-hmm. uh It is fucking hilarious, though. It's both funny and adorable and sad to see him just, like, passed out, all shackled up and whatnot. It's the best kind um, of stupid. I like it. Yeah. And there's a little bit of, like, Stranger Things 11 here with Moff Gideon, like, um, training this child to, like, hate and do violence and encouraging it to do it just the way that, you know, 11 was raised.
0: Printer is that his name? Yeah, okay. was
1: it? Yeah, I was trying to think of what his name. Um, but like, but yeah, like it's 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 badass and cool. But also, you feel bad watching it because you know, yeah. Baby Yoda doesn't want to do this stuff. He just wants to commit genocide against frog people and and uh, you commit petty theft against children all day. Just just beating up stormtroopers is is a is a moment is is a, is, a, is too far on the moral uh, gray scale for us, but. Yeah, I mean, Moff Gideon's a real asshole. It's fun to see. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever seen um, Giancarlo Esposito play this kind of villain. He's a lot more playful and, yeah, um, like emotive. You know, like he's not like super tightly buttoned down. He's just uh, uh, he's a powerful guy and he's in control and he's living large and in charge.
0: It's, yeah, it's, it's like fun. the Darth Vader version of his characters in Breaking Bad and Westworld. It's like those mm. two combined with Darth Vader. It's kind of the style he's going for. Yeah, it works for me for
1: sure. He taunts him with the dark saber, but he's like, "Have you seen one of these before?" And I wasn't sure if he's specifically referring to the dark saber or if he's talking about like a lightsaber in general, because obviously Baby Yoda would have. Yeah, probably the dark saber. Um, Did we talk about whether Cara Dune is going to be joining the the party? Because they leave it ambiguous. Mm. Everyone seemed to assume that she was, you know, when he said, uh, hey, I hate the Empire as much as anybody, but these stripes mean something to me now. And he's like, but they've got the child. And she kind of like gives him a hard look. I guess it's going to be Boba, Cara, Fennec, Mando, and Mayfield, and maybe a couple others is my guess maybe
0: i didn't take that to mean i'm all in
1: uh i didn't I either know. i was actually shocked to see everyone just assuming that like yeah like the the memes were to the effect that like uh you know hey i can't do this well the,
0: what about the child oh you son of a bitch i'm in i'm like yeah maybe yeah uh and i guess the bigger open question here is what did grogu's meditation actually accomplish in this episode because that is the biggest dead end of a clue that they've ever had, right? Like, they were the Jedi were supposed to come. He was supposed to connect with them. He did, but nothing came of it. Absolutely nothing. And now everybody has gone from that planet. I, I, uh, do the Jedi now, you know, have an, uh, an awareness of Grogu's existence or something? Like, they've honed in on him and so they can track him through space now? Or I mean, I we'll see imagine. in the future. I, I, just, I don't think it's a completely yeah. dead, dead end. I don't think they're going to just no. drop
1: that. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if the third act of the next episode or the climactic episode is just when all things look lost and Boba's lost his lost rocket and his last knee dart and the Mando's out of wrist rockets and... You know, Phoenix, sharpshooter gets cut in half. Her uh, guts have malfunctioned from all the sand they're, inside they're, of her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's shitting and going blind simultaneously because <laughs> her eyes are robotic, too. Uh, then as all and as a dark trooper, Mark twos are advancing. You know, some lightsaber shoves through a bulkhead and cuts a yep. hole. And some asshole we've never heard of before is going to be uh, there to save the day. Drop um, Jedi. But also it's, it reminds me of one of <laughs> Drop Jedi. Yeah, everyone's dropping these episodes. Fucking yeah. droids, stormtroopers, everybody. I wonder. I mean, it's what it reminds me of those th- one of those things. It's like when you when you reach out connection to make a connection. It's a two way thing. Like you you yeah. make you can make connection with the Jedi, but like also, what if Sith? You mm-hmm. know, like any kind of like that powerful of a force ma- manifestation. I I'm wondering if this is going to be a story hook for a season. You know, a season to come that like you know every once in a while a Jedi or a Sith is going to cross a path and be hunting him down because he just put them on blast essentially. Um, only the empire, the shards of the empire has been looking for the child thus far, but now you've got all the disparate bands of, you know, Jedi in exile and, you know, Sith are going to be looking for him too.
0: Darth Maul. Why not? Let's get Darth. Yeah, bring
1: them all back. He's still kicking around. Sure. It's gonna be the the pit boys. Everyone that's drugged themselves out of a bottomless pit. It's mm-hmm. gonna be coming back for the Mandalorian. And he puts up Palpatine. Uh, Palpatine already drug himself out of a pit for the se- the sequel, so <laughs> yeah. yeah. Boba pit Fett piece
0: back together both of those guys. <laughs> like, <he> just, <laughs> their guts the are all era. Yeah, the, the pit boys are <laughs> back, baby. Uh yeah, love it. All right, that's it for the episode. Do we have feedback? We do.
1: We do. You can reach us at Mando at BaldMove.com each and every week. We also have a thread on forums.baldmove.com if you want to argue if Boba Fett is a Mandalorian or not. Mm. I mean, shit, what is even canon, you know? Wait five five years, it'll change. Uh, first up is Claire said, hey, I thought Jim might like to know that the official Star Wars, the child Lego, lists the little silver ball as a Razor Crest shifter knob, so you can continue to call it that. I What I saw does that, that you, mean? It's, he's got, it's You're shifting. You're shifting hyperspace gears, man. And you need a knob for it. Sure, why not?
0: I, I'm just calling exactly it the it knob. But I, I you know, the British have kind of cornered the market on the slang knob. <laughs> I, can't, I can't really call it playing <laughs> Polish- with Mando's knob. Yeah, come on, Grogu, stop
1: polishing that knob and let's get serious. <laughs> uh, quit polishing your little nut. No-, no, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, when he gets to, when he goes through teenage years, that might be a problem. Uh, which, what's, what's when he's 125, he'll be yeah. in puberty. Sounds about right. Adam W., when Ahsoka mentioned that she only knew one other being like Baby Yoda, I was also immediately skeptical that she didn't cross paths with Yaddle. I was so skeptical that I paused the show to check uh, Yaddle's Wikipedia page and was surprised to read that it seems like this all checks out. Yaddle apparently took a less active role in the Jedi Order's affairs after the Battle of Naboo and was no longer in the High Council by the time of the Clone Wars. I've not watched the Clone Wars animated series, not entirely sure where Ahsoka enters the picture, uh, so I could be wrong. No, a couple people sent this in to us, and it seems like you are right. Uh, and it, Okay. So it she does seem like it radar. is literally a Wikipedia entry that says, well, this is what happened to her because she never showed up again. Um,
0: yeah. Is this from, and- like, some soon to be retconned uh I'm you know Lucas era novel that was written. Right. About the Jedi yeah, there's Council. Probably a
1: footnote of like some kind of limited edition Star Wars uh comic book, but th- that's that's a story. And uh okay. we're we're sticking to it. Um I just think it's weird that no one in the Jedi Council talks about Yoda's species. Like, is it really that mysterious when they had two of them running around in the Jedi Council within a few years? Like, you know, like, oh, what was Yaddle and Yoda again? Oh, hell, I don't know. Anyway, Frankie R said, I haven't heard you guys talk at all about what's actually one of the most interesting parts of the show, which is the tech that drives the billion dollar look and feel of the Mandalorian. If you have time and I know you'll enjoy it if you watch it, I highly suggest watching the making of season uh, one six part series on Disney Plus called Disney Gallery Star Wars The Making of the Mandalorian. I actually, they, they've been um, pushing this at the end of every Mandalorian, yeah. and I started watching it. I'm on like episode three. Um, they're short episodes, but I'd highly suggest episodes four and five, which break down some of the breathtaking advances and throwbacks the show has taken in producing cutting visual, visual, cutting edge visual and practical effects for TV. Have you seen any of these, Jim? Because I actually watched this, so. this. this. Man. Man, yeah. they got some cool shit. In particular, I want to talk about something they called the volume. Are you aware of this this thing? No. It's it's it's, it's essentially a set the size of a half court basketball and it's about 3 stories high and it's got curved like, you know, all the edges are curved and it's an entire I can't I can't tell if it's projected or all LED. But they're able oh, to. Oh, right! Essentially... And they, they shoot
0: lasers at the ceiling. They play Pink Floyd, and you're supposed to get high and go see this room. Yes, okay. that's what they do after hours. But during <laughs> right, shooting right.
1: hours, they're actually able to put this fully immersive 360 degree um, background like they aren't green screening Mandalorian. They're standing him in front of like on, okay. when you, they put him on Tatooine, he's in this incredibly high res 3d environment. Hmm. And the advantages of that are man, man, manifold. Um, and the way they use it is really ingenious. Like for example, um, they'll take the Jawas sand crawl or tank tread. And that's a real physical prop that's in the room. And then there's like a little bit of plating that goes up against the wall and it all seamlessly blends into the set. So when they shoot this with a camera, um they get depth of field and the background kind of looks blurry and it, you can't tell it's a, a screen but all of like the reflections you get of Mando's armor like they get all that stuff for free the lighting looks right nice. because it's able to project the like accurate lighting of this sky color at this day mm-hmm. they want it. it just looks like like they're really excited by it and um it looks really next level and what's really Interesting is um, we recently got our hands on some screeners for the new season of The Expanse, and I don't want to spoil anything, obviously, but I think they're using the same technology because Mm -hmm. there's a a scene of someone riding in an elevator where I I thought it was almost it's pretty obvious that they weren't actually moving through this space they were just projecting shit on monitors and stuff and i just think it's a really i don't know it it feels like the next generation of blue screens because if you're just wanting to shoot like a star background behind someone especially if someone's in the foreground and the background's kind of out of focus anyway Mm -hmm. why take the time to composite that shit just put them in front of a big, big led screen and have them lit realistically. And and when you're close enough that you could tell, put a physical prop there. But so many shots were done with this new technology. It's really, fa- it, it, I thought it was one of the more fascinating things. Um, it reminded me a lot of like the behind the scenes, wet shit from the Lord of the Rings stuff. I've been watching where people are just giddy about this new toy and w- all the possibilities. Like in the first, I guess in the first season, it's just something they did. They like cut costs and like save time. But in this second season, they started actually thinking like, "Wow, how could we actually build sets to take advantage of this and make things bigger and more expansive?" And um, it's yeah. it's really cool. And I just essentially stole the rest of Frankie's uh uh comment in my enthusiasm for <laughs> the volume. But uh, but it's oh, yeah. it's really cool. cool, and and the way that that the the camera seems like it's synchronized to it, so as it moves, like the background moves and gives realistic like parallax scrolling and they can like digitally clean yeah. stuff up later cuz it all sync to like the movements and stuff and i they use um the unreal engine is what powers this like three-dimensional space that they texture and light and do all that kind of stuff but it's huh. cool you you got to check it out i imagine that this is going to be like used for all your favorite um especially disney properties oh my god mcu is yeah. going to be using this tomorrow mm-hmm. but uh, i thought i saw them using it in expanse too it's it's going to be it's the next next level thing. You should check it out. Uh finally, the Donald has a concern about the pacing of the show. It says the first season was uh slow and methodical and didn't really reveal anything at all until the final episode. The first half of this season seemed to be following much the same route. Maybe a little more information, but slow, and as Aaron pointed out, a lot of side quests in the RPG that we're all watching. But these last few episodes feel like they're skipping all that fun stuff and just blitzing right to the end. Um I'm also annoyed that the Mandalorian show is less about Mando and more about Baby Yoda. I was really looking forward to Mando having to come to grips with being in a cult, his past, and his position in Mandalorian culture, but it seems to be going away from that and leaning towards more epic Jedi Empire conflict, aka the same old Star Wars shit. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's definitely slow playing
0: the Mando stuff for sure. And I guess I'm okay with Donald's comments here. Uh, Yeah, I. I don't know. It is formulaic. Absolutely. This show is formulaic. It's, it's like I described it at the opening of this thing. It's go to a planet, solve a problem, get a tiny bit of a clue. If you're lucky to the next tiny bit of a clue, that's going to point you to the next one over and over. Um, and I guess if you're not in for that, then, you know, this show isn't going to please you, but I, I guess that's, that's fine. That's fine to me. And I guess it's like,
1: what is the story engine? You know, because in the first season, it was like, what is this thing? The second is, this is what this thing is. You have to return it to its people. I think, I don't know how long that can be a story engine. Like, can you do five seasons, and the Mando just continually trying to get Baby Yoda to where he needs to go and is continually frustrated in the effort? Or eventually, is like the child going to be trained one way or another? And I also feel like having the baby Yoda being kidnapped might be a long, potentially a long-term solution to your problem of, you know, not getting enough Mando action because like I'm looking forward to the next few episodes because I think it's going to give this opportunity to have a Mandalorian discussing with fellow Mandalorians, what it means to be a Mandalorian and kind of figuring out for himself. Uh, So I think that's really cool. And like, honestly, I wouldn't even be mad if baby Yoda is gone the rest of this season and big parts of next season. Like if it becomes like next arc is just like rescuing yeah. baby Yoda and assembling. I don't, I don't think they're, they're going to do that, but like, I don't know. I mean, that's always the danger of once you get into something, like once you stop just stalling and start telling the story, it needs a, it needs a middle, which is usually tricky and it needs a conclusion. And those are, it's really easy to start cool things. Big open-ended mysteries with a sprawling world that you're designing, but as you make more stuff real, we've seen it over and over and over again. Um, creating new things also are handcuffs on the creator because you can't. That's that's you can't go back and change that now, right? Yeah. Um, the positive the possibilities that initially are infinite start closing down and become the you know what's the logical thing to do next, and you know these like. You know, Mandalorian next season is going to be a middle aged show, and it's going to start having those problems. I think it's it's less affecting this show because this show's never been about like its plotting. It's always been about it's a really cool Star Wars universe with a really cool central character and a really cute sidekick. You know, right? Um, so Much I, cuter I, than I th- yeah. But if you're if you're really concerned about the Mandalorian developing as a character, I think these next two episodes are going to be good for that, and also. I do think the Mandalorian has developed like he was such an emotionally stunted, you know, traumatized child in the first few episodes of season one. And now, like, you know, imagine him laughing with his baby child, you know, on kind of burbling on his lap like you just can't imagine that last. He's made a lot of progress in terms of being like a parent and a guardian and relying on friends and making friendships and stuff like, you know, you always thought the Mandalorian is kind of a loner before. And now he's got pretty regular crew of people he can rely on, both friends and frenemies and everything in between. So uh Yeah, he's definitely it's definitely changing. You can't expect this look, this is never gonna be uh it's never gonna be breaking bad or the wire, you know? Like maybe one yeah. day the mouse will let someone do a really gritty mercenary bounty hunter show or a rebel cop show or something like that. But I just I think that's a limit. That's a limitation to Disney. They can't do it. It's like, I don't know that I would trade the entire MCU for something like Logan, but it's pretty fucking close. I mean, it, it's just sad to know that no matter how many years this goes on, we're never going to get something like that. Like a really dark, like something that really does just like, we're never going to get a Wolverine movie out of Disney. That really does justice to his character. Like we did out of what is it? Was it Sony or one of the other people that had their mitts on those, the
0: X Men Fox Fox Studios. It's so weird to me though because like the dip the dipping of the toe into that that was Rogue One. Like mm. I don't think it feels like super Star Warsy that movie uh, because it's you know doesn't have a happy ending and all this stuff. But like people loved it. Star Wars fans love Rogue One more than any of the new. Uh, era Star Wars movies, right? In in a lot of cases, except maybe the I don't Force know if Awakens. That's universal,
1: because Jesus, I don't know that, that anything's been universally uh, beloved right. other than Mandalorian in the last five years. But like, I like it because it it was it's a PG thirteen Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so like they dipped their toe into it, and a lot of people liked it. I could see it being real popular if they kept rolling with that, um, and and you know dipped more. I'm not saying like go HBO rated r uh right kind of stuff but like more adult themes and and stuff that isn't just uh you know that i mean shit the original star wars movies have this in it it's not like you know those are all rainbows and sunshine like yeah. you can you can do a little bit of stretching on this stuff I, I don't know you mentioned breaking bad and i was thinking of an interview that i just recently watched with like um Vince Gilligan, he was talking about how one of the best things they did for that show, uh, is to have Walter White be given an opportunity to completely get out of the situation he's in, and uh, and the audience to realize that oh he actually wants to do the things he's doing, mm. and it gives it gives the show a reason not to just be week after week, much like the Mandalorian has been week after week. It's the you know go to planet, uh, perform a quest for somebody go to next planet, perform a quest. It would have been that with Walter White. It would have been, he's so close to getting to the point where he can get out of this. Something snatches it away from him, right? It's the mm-hmm. next thing that comes in and takes that away. Mm-hmm. But when you, when you frame it as he is the thing that, no, that is taking that away. Like he doesn't actually want the things that he's working toward, um, or, or the things you think he's working toward and he says he's working right. toward that yeah. becomes an interesting character and an interesting show and they could do something similar with mando and i feel like they might be trying to round into that where it's like okay grogu i, I finally found your home world i finally found the jedis take care of you do i want to give you up do you want to go to them like can i communicate with that like i they they are starting to like round some bit of nuanced character into this right. this you know sock puppet of of a yeah. nothing of a character from the beginning Maybe yeah. they're gonna go that way. I don't know. Yeah, it's kind of like you know what happens when e- e- e-
1: Isildur and the Lord of the Rings gets to the crack of doom and throw it in, and he just le- looks back and says no. Like what happens if he finds the Jedi Temple? There's three or four qualified Jedi to train him, and he's got to give the child up. Got to break those attachments because mm-hmm. that's the thing. Like, you are fighting at the core of the Jedi. They're not supposed to have attachments. They're not supposed to have loves. And they're supposed to be very kind of like neutral Zen all the time. And that's not what they're doing. Baby Yoda, Mando... I wouldn't mind a complete repudiation of the Jedi way, honestly, because I've long since become an adult and realized that the Jedi are just opposite whack jobs of the Sith, like denying human emotions and denying loyalty and love and bonds and that kind of stuff is just like inhuman. Um, Yeah. And I always thought that they'd take that in a direction like Luke Skywalker, like being the third, like the middle path of that. But yeah. They haven't, and I wonder. It'd be interesting to see that happen with the Mandalorian. That that like you know, uh, you don't have to do, you don't have to be this way. You can, you know. I mean, it's dangerous, obviously. Passions run high and all that kind of stuff. But like, you know, the answer, the answer to being a healthy human being is not to to d- 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 numb or or reduce the emotions you feel. It's just to deal with them in an adult manner. Like instead, like when you yeah. get angry, instead of like I don't know murdering them like animals even the women and children maybe maybe you take your lightsaber out of the desert and just slice up some rocks every once or or, you know you 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 don't go and murder the 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 younglings you you work out your anger and your rage and your fear in other ways that'd be cool and that that would be um that would take also god that'd be a great story to show like young people and teenagers too Mm -hmm. you know so yeah that's i mean the the show can grow into something and that's another thing like like if, if this is family entertainment, all the great family entertainments grow with the audience. Like, you know, Harry yeah. Potter didn't stay like an 11 year old. He grew up on a teenager, had dates, all this kind of stuff. And like, that's what I mean, the Mandalorian could grow up with its audience if it's five or six seasons long. And you were a 12 year old when you first started watching it by the end. And you're 17 or 18. It should be speaking something different to you. Maybe um, I, I that's those are really great ideas for how they could take it. I, I, I never thought of it that way, but you're right. They Did, got lots of possibility there, does Harry Potter fuck <laughs> uh no, Harry Potter at most has some chase kisses and maybe hmm. dan- dan- dances all right I was uh, gonna
0: watch the series if he fucked, but never mind, <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, once he discovers the pur- true purpose of his wand the the one that he keeps in his <laughs> pants, it's uh boy, just uh hmm. reduso bone arrow from from there that from the it's all about elaborate spells of hiding boners and nice and, uh. Never nice. really recovers. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: that's why I they think had to that's... make this,
1: the last movie two parts. There's just so much dealing with the boners. They they had to, <laughs> the rest of the plot to get pushed to a second movie. The last movie might be two parts, but it's really about one part, if you know what I mean. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> the Elder Wand, they call it. Uh anyway. Anyway. Uh now we're offending two franchises worth of people. Mm-hmm. Uh Mando at BaldMove.com is how you tell us how horrified you are at what we've done with Harry Potter and or the Star Wars canon. Uh, you can also follow along at forums.BaldMove.com. we got a thread talking about Mandalorian. A lot of passionate Star Wars people there talking about it. Uh, we'll be back next week. The Mandalorian is no more. Mm-hmm. We will be returning to our regular Friday spot at least until... I. Is this done before Christmas? Yeah, I'm, I'm okay. That's what I thought. I think I think we're we're done with the Mandalorian throughout the rest of the season. But we still got two more penultimate and ultimate episodes, and they're going to be sure to be action packed. Lots of stuff. Uh, right, right. aimed for your Star Wars fan heart, uh, and we'll be there with you. Until then, I'm Aaron,
0: and I'm Jim. See ya.